Noise level is deafening here at Arrowhead. A leaping catch for a touchdown. This will be a 45-yard attempt. Butker's kick is up. The spinning kick high, floating in the air, and it is good! Many more, dog, many more. Windows my whole career. Our window's always open. The window is my whole career. What a line that was. This <laughs> probably one of the best during the last NFL postseason. With that, we welcome you into NFL Live here in studio. Kimberly Martin, and you see Ryan Clark and Tim Hasselbeck. I am Field Yates. And when Joe Burrow talks, we often listen. And by the way, he's got a new look. The headband has debuted. He spoke today for the first time since the season ended last year. And the Bengals QB will certainly be looking for a big contract. He's eligible for one right now, which does beg the question of how much urgency there needs to be in Cincinnati to win this year. Here's Joe earlier today. You know what it takes to get there. We've been there, done that, haven't quite gotten over that last hump yet. And so that's that's where we're we're headed. Whatever we got to do to to make that happen, whether it's you know, you never know what what day in offseason or what thing you worked on is going to end up helping your guys make that that last play in that last game to, to get you over that hump. And so you got to stay disciplined and maintain your work ethic through the entire offseason because, you know, like I said, you never know what guy, what opportunity you're going to be put in to, to make that play. RC, plenty of perspective there from Joe Burrow. They got a lot of good players, which means a lot of guys who have to get paid. How much urgency should there be right now in Cincinnati given all the potential moving pieces? I think it's a ton of urgency to get Joe Burrow signed. We don't want to be in the position, and I don't expect them to be in the position that the Baltimore Ravens were with Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow has shown that he can have a team in position to win a Super Bowl in the postseason. But now it's about structuring this contract that allows Joe Burrow to have the security that he's earned and that he deserves, and also gives you some maneuverability that allows you to sign guys like T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow seems to understand and it's the skilled players around him that's allowed him to excel so early on in his career. Now, like you said on the call earlier today, it's not the job of the quarterback to take less money in order to allow guys to sign. And we used to always talk about this with Tom Brady, but I believe Joe Burrow sees his wide receiver, sees his skilled players in the way that they are one. He'll get his money, but I think he wants to make sure that he can keep some of that supporting cast around him and find ways to win going forward as well. Yeah, you, you know, Ron, I, I forgot about the comment Burrow made about his window being always, always open. His career is his window. And what's interesting about that is that I think that perspective of, hey, we don't need to just win while we've got our quarterback under a rookie contract, um, like that, that's different. You know, a lot of people look at it and say, hey, like load up while you can while your quarterback isn't making 40, 50 plus million dollars a year. And I, I do think that because of that, there isn't a sense of urgency from a standpoint of, hey, you need to load up and win right now because once you're paying him, you can't win. Because I don't see that being the case. And look, maybe it is some type of uh, deal that allows Joe Burrow to push out compensation, which allows T. Higgins to stay in the building and you know keep good players around him. Maybe he has that type of foresight. But, but ultimately, I think as long as he's their quarterback and they are not just delinquent around him, they're going to be just fine. So, Kimberly, is it possible, though, that some of the urgency, if it does exist, could stem from the fact that as every year goes by, mm -hmm. every team in the AFC that hasn't yet won a Super Bowl with their young quarterback is probably feeling 
more heightened pressure. The yeah. Chiefs have already won two with Patrick Mahomes. They've accomplished a lot, but Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, and Josh Allen, Josh Allen yeah. they haven't won a Super Bowl yet. Does that inherently increase the pressure every single year that you miss out on the Lombardi Trophy? Well, in the AFC, we've talked about the murder's row of quarterbacks, right? But here's what I know for certain. No other team wants to be Cleveland and no other team wants to be Baltimore. You don't, no one wants to give out guaranteed contracts to the quarterback and no team wants to have their star quarterback dangling out there and the uncertainty. What the Ravens just went through, <laughs> Eric, Eric DaCosta, their GM, no other team wants to do that. So here's the thing. They, the Bengals are blessed with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You don't play around with that. And Joe Burrow, the, the guy that sat there and said, my window is, it, my career is the window, that is a guy you can win with. So forget about Josh Allen. Forget about Lamar Jackson for a second. Like, the Bengals have the guy. So take care of him. Pay him and protect him. That's all Cincinnati has to do for the foreseeable future. Okay, yes, I, 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 that's, that's true. I also think that it's just going to be the reality that one of these guys, maybe multiple of them, are not going to have a Lombardi ring at Lombardi Trophy, and people Fair. are going to be saying, is it a failure? Does that team, has that team failed that quarterback? Does that quarterback need to go somewhere else? And that's the reality of the AFC. There are so many yep. great quarterbacks. Let's stay in the AFC, where the Patriots, of course, loaded up on defense in the 2023 NFL Draft, as the team used each of its first three picks on defense. That included 17th overall selection, Christian Gonzalez, top-rated cornerback out of Oregon. Earlier today, veteran corner John Jones was asked by our Mike Reese about that top pick. Your reaction when the draft comes and the team's first round pick is a cornerback? We need it. You know, we need help. We need all the help that we could get. Um, we had a lot of, you know, transition in that position over the last few years. Um, and just we need it. We need a little bit of help. All right, so Patriots owner Robert Kraft also seemed very pleased with their selections in the draft. He said this, at the end of the day, Jonathan and I were chatting, and I said, quote, this was a great, great draft. I'm really optimistic about the team. And he said, you say that every year, but I really believe it. We were able to get the top seven picks that we had identified before the draft. It comes in stark contrast to his quotes back in 2021 around the NFL draft. He said, quote, I don't feel like we've done the greatest job the last few years, and I really hope and believe I've seen a different approach this year. In the end, it all comes down to what happens on the field. You heard his voice just moments ago, and now you get to see him in person. Mike Reese is joining us now. Of course, Mike does an outstanding job covering the Patriots. And Mike, what's the feeling up there in New England, especially after the team went with back-to-back-to-back defensive players early in the draft and did not take a wide receiver or somebody else that might have more directly helped Mac Jones? Well, Field, you know, being down there today, speaking to some players, I would describe their mood as upbeat. You know, the players said this is a time of year in the offseason where they're trying to build trust with each other and onboard those rookies that you mentioned uh, into their program. And so, you know, talking to people around the team with the way they viewed this draft, they said they went in with a goal that they wanted to come out faster and tougher. There's an acknowledgement that they make that they say we play in a division now with Josh Allen, with Aaron Rodgers, with dynamic skill position players in Miami, that they need to build a team that can find a way to disrupt those opponents' field. And if they don't, they won't stand a chance. So they feel like they've put some pieces in place to give themselves a chance. Mike, as always, great information with the Patriots. More from Mike Reese, of course, on NFL Live, probably soon, because the Patriots are always <laughs> one of the teams that we are covering closely. 
Tim, I'll ask you this. Do you think the Patriots have done enough to put Mac Jones in a position to succeed after a downtrend in 2022? You know, Field, I, I think that they've definitely taken a step in the right direction. I, to say, like, have they done enough to improve? Like, they have, but I think they're starting from such a, a bad spot. I really think that, um, look, the receivers that he has around him this year, obviously they had Juju Smith-Schuster. The fact that Bill O'Brien's back as the, the offensive coordinator, that to me is, uh, you know, building blocks to have a successful season for Mac Jones. The problem is, is that it was such a massive step back a year ago. Think of a year ago that, you know, they, they don't have a great receiving core. They hire an offensive coordinator, have an offensive coordinator situation that no other team in the league would have entered the season with. And in fact, they, they end up at some point during the season benching Mac Jones for Bailey Zappi. I, I think they've done so much damage in the process that this really is just to get the compass back pointed the, the right direction for Mac Jones and that offense in New England. Hey, man, let's be real. When you get rid of Matt Patricia as your play caller, you just automatically get better. <laughs> like, just straight up. You know, I get that we're trying to see how much better and that they're playing from a deficit. A lot of that deficit was their play caller. You mentioned, Tim, they went into last season with a play-calling situation that no other NFL team in its right mind would do. And we tried to give Bill Belichick the benefit of the doubt in the offseason saying he can't be stupid, so clearly he knew something that we didn't. Nope, we were wrong. He ain't know nothing, and neither did his play-caller. So now when you add Bill O'Brien, you at least get competent at that position. You're talking about a guy that's had success as an offensive coordinator and a head coach in the NFL. Mac Jones has Mike Gusecki, who I believe when you add him to Hunter Henry, you now have two guys in between the numbers that can make plays. We've seen him like to stretch with the four verticals. What will they do in the run game? I still don't believe they made it easy on Mac Jones. What did Tua Tungavaloa get when we were trying to figure out if he was good enough? Mm. A Tyreek Hill, mm. right? What did Stephon Diggs? What did what did Stephon Diggs do for Josh Allen when he went to Buffalo? Made us sure that he could play. What did we figure out with Jalen Hurts? That if I got Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown to throw it to, I can actually complete footballs <laughs> down the field. So if you're the New England Patriots, where did you make the easy throw for mm. Mac Jones? Oh. Where did you take some of the things off of his plate? And I feel like that's where they failed it. So, uh, so I just feel better knowing that um, Bill O'Brien is the coordinator. Honestly, that's mm. it. That's it. Like once that move was made, I'm like okay. Tell me that. It, but here's the okay, thing. Okay, what? The, the question though, the question of have the Patriots done enough? Done enough to do what? We really like Tim said. Tim made a great point. It's they've done enough to get back to zero, like mm. the starting point of where Mac was in his rookie year. Like that Mac is the Mac I want to see. This roster is better than what he had last year. But the question of Mac is not only dealing with trying to get back to what he was and this offense getting back to what it was, but now doing that is not enough in the AFC East. Mm. Forget about the AFC period, the mm. AFC East. The Patriots are a non-factor right now in their own division, but they are better off than they were last year. So it is 
a modicum of, of progression, I would yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, it is it, it, it is trending up because you make the adjustment to the play caller. You try to go out and get him some pieces that will allow him to push the football down the field. If Kayshawn Butte can be what he was his first two years at LSU, I'm not sure that he can. You add an explosive weapon there. We know what Juju Smith-Schuster is as a slot receiver, and this team is going to rely heavily on 12 personnel and their tight ends. But when you think of Mac Jones and where you drafted him 15th overall, and honestly, what you saw from him as a rookie, if he has a natural progression of success right now in his third year, you should be discussing whether or not Mac Jones will receive a deal after his third year or going into his fourth. And I don't believe that they'll be in that position. And Tim made the greatest point. The fans were calling for Bailey Zappi. That's a problem. Well, it's been a long time since we have heard the Patriots discussed in this light. Suffice it to say, it's a fascinating offseason and season ahead for the Patriots, especially in that very loaded AFC. We are just getting started here on NFL Live. And just how soon do we need to see Bryce Young under center in Carolina? Someone here says the time is now for the Panthers to make the move. Plus, the NBA draft lottery is tonight. But what a starting five of NFL players look like on the court. Our guy, RC, the C in this case counts for court, has the answers next. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's a big night for the NBA on ESPN leading into the Western Conference Finals Game 1. NBA tip countdown tips off at 7 Eastern, followed by the 2023 NBA Draft Lottery. This is about as big as it gets for the lottery. Victor Wembanyama is likely going to go number one overall. We're going to find out who gets that first pick with the rights to draft the seven foot four French prodigy. And last night, Micah Parsons tweeted some photos of him getting up some shots in the offseason. That got us thinking with the lottery tonight, who would be the first overall pick from the NFL if we were building a basketball team? So we gave RC the whole day to think about it. RC, you get to do your starting five. Let's begin at point guard. Who are you taking? 
Well, I mean, obviously, if we're going to talk point guard, we have to go with Joe Burrow. If I'm a basketball team, I want my right. championship window to be his entire <laughs> career. We're talking about a guy that can distribute. He can finish at the goal with his left hand. We saw the three-point shooting when he got to the college football playoff, and we all know that he's going to have excellent Ooh. vision and be able to see the court everywhere. Joe Burrow wasn't just a guy that stood out there and shot the three like J.J. Redick. He created his own shot more like Steph Curry. And that shooting guard, I'm going to go with Randy Moss. I just oh, watched something back. on Jason Williams on White Chocolate, who was Randy Moss's high school point guard. And all Randy did was get buckets. He was going to be the fastest guy on the court. He was going to jump higher than everybody. We all knew that he had a great wingspan. And was anybody on the court going to get to the bucket and get more cash money than Randy Moss? We already know it's straight cash homie. And listen, I'm going to go to the small forward. At the small forward, I'm going to Vontae Adams. Everybody Vontae. knows that Tay Adams, he didn't even really like football like that. He's always been a hooper. We see when he gets to the end zone, Ooh. he used to be the guy to go between the legs and over the field goal post. This is what this man does. He's playing football as his second gig because he didn't get to 6-4. And he knew that the Raiders was going to give him $140 million, baby. Devontae Adams has to be in your starting five. Okay. And when we get to the power forward, I think this is pretty easy, right? We're going to go Julius Peppers. Yes. Right? And the reason, and the reason we're going to go Julius Peppers is because he's one of the few dudes that actually played in the NCAA tournament. And now, I get it. We've had other guys play at other schools and then go to the NBA. How many of those dudes played at UNC Field? I'm not talking about UNC fresh off of the hill, UNC a and I'm talking about the University of North Carolina where the ceiling is the freaking roof. And at center, I'm going with Miles Garrett. Why? Because he's a freakazoid. Why? Because Miles Garrett can jump on like 17 boxes if he wants to. Why? Because Miles Garrett's shoulders are as big as Phil Yates' house and Phil Yates comes from money. And if you know Phil, he ain't buying no small house to put all those suits in. And Miles Garrett is just an absolute freak of nature that no one would want to see on the post. He will not be like Joel Embiid. He will catch the ball on the box. And just in case, just in case I need a six man, okay. I will go with Patrick Mahomes. This guy right here. You know here. why? And I see Kendrick Perkins, and let me tell you why. Because Patrick Mahomes is coming off of the bench like Vinny the Microwave Johnson. He may pass on the field, but he is not passing on the court. We are shooting threes. We are getting to the bucket. And all we do is score. I'm asking him to get off the bench like Jamal Crawford. We coming in that thing, six man, like Lemon Pepper, Lou Real, Will. When Patrick Mahomes gets in the game, it's the score. And I don't care that Kendrick got the Lakers right that they was going to win. I don't care <laughs> that he poured honey all on Dylan Brooks. He in NFL Live World now, Phil. He know what's happening. All he right. see this team. Yeah, you, yeah, and RC, by the way, you caught wind of the surprise before we could reveal it. But that is, as you see on your screen, not just anybody, but NBA champion. And, of course, NBA Today superstar Kendrick Perkins. And, Perk, you saw the starting five, plus Patrick Mahomes is the sixth man. What do you make of RC's lineup? You, you you know I love RC so much. You know we from the country. He's from Louisiana. I'm from Beaumont, Texas. It's basically the same damn thing. And I will say this: God bless his heart. He don't know no better, baby. And let me let me say why. Let me tell you why. First of all, I didn't know Joe Burrow had work like that. 
And I also didn't know Patrick Mahomes had work like that. I knew about Julius Peppers and Randy Moss, but RC, this is where I'm disappointed in you, okay? Our brother, our guy, Baton Rouge finest, a Houston, oh. a Houston hoops legend, Marcus oh. Swaggoose Spears, and you oh. know the type of work he had on that court, and you left him off your starting five wow. with the oh. mid-range jumper, the physicality in the paint, the big hand, one hand dunks, Swaggoo, your LSU brother, your brother, I, period. I'm wrong. You left him off the list. I'm right? wrong. And, I, and look, wrong. You, know, you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? That list was actually great. But at some point, you had to say, I got to be biased. I got to be biased and put my boy <laughs> Swaggoo in this. I got to be biased and put my boy Swaggoo in hey, this. How many, hey, listen. I was wrong, Perk. How many crawfish balls y'all done been to together? <laughs> how many? <laughs> hey, Phil, Phil, you know what's so funny, though? He's talking about being biased. Marcus could really hoop, though, bro. He could. He like, Marcus yes. was extremely yes. skilled. I, You're right, Big Perk. That's a that's a major <laughs> oversight by your boy, man. He would definitely oh. make my start five very much so higher caliber. Okay, I mean, he was a Gatorade <laughs> High School player, Gatorade Player of the Year in a state. So, Marcus does have some serious game. Always great to have Perk with us here no, on I NFL Live. That might have been his debut. Perk. Go check out Perk's book. If you haven't already, and right. watch the 2023 NBA Draft Lottery on ESPN, 8 p.m. Eastern time. We're calling it the Victor Sweepstakes. All right, so Devontae Adams traded to the Raiders last offseason. All seemed good, but is there a bit of trouble in Paradise right now? Could the two sides not be seen eye to eye? More to come on NFL Live. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. The Zedarius Smith to Cleveland trade became official today. He arrived with the dog pound earlier today and. He got us thinking about some of the defensive players that are still on the market. One of those includes Dominican Sue, who apparently is not in any rush to sign with the team. I love this quote. I have no desire to be in a training camp. I will come in and watch and look and give some advice. But when week one happens, I'll be ready. Amen. Kimberly, take us through some other players that are around the league that remain unsigned, starting with Zeke Elliott. Yeah, so Zeke, he actually is like Dominican Sue. He is prepared to take 
his time. Not as much time, though, as Ndamukong. Um, listen, I've made calls all morning. Two things are clear. Zeke wants to win, and he wants to be patient. He knows this is a big decision. However, talking to GMs this morning as well, the market that Zeke wants just may not be there. They think he can be productive, but that he's lost a step. All right, now to another running back, Saquon Barkley. Clearly, Saquon wants to be paid what he's worth, but his agent, Kim Yali, shot down the rumor that Saquon, you know, turned down a $14 million deal from the Giants. Listen, the Giants clearly want Saquon. Both sides want to be together, but it remains to be seen if both sides can come to an agreement on a multi-year deal. Right now, he's on the tag. So we'll see if something happens there. I don't know. Hopefully something does get done, yes. as obviously he was tremendous last mm -hmm. year. In other Giants news, they did get something done last night as they signed their third-round receiver, Jalen Hyatt, hopefully giving some help to Daniel Jones and offense. And he should be a vertical element in this offense. He's not the only pass catcher that the Giants have added this offseason. In addition to the former Tennessee Vol, they also traded for Darren Waller. They signed Paris Campbell and also Jamison Crowder, so a lot of slot options available for the Giants. Perhaps no addition more important, though, of course, than Darren Waller, motivated after that trade. What do you think that Daniel Jones needs to prove this year to you, Kim? Uh, <laughs> he needs to prove that he's better than just the 15 touchdowns. Look, he did play better last year, but let's be honest, the Giants, this new regime wasn't sure about Daniel Jones. Mm. They didn't pick up the option. Um, and they needed to see him with, uh, with Brian Dable. He's got better weapons now. But here's what he also is contending with. Aaron Rodgers is now with the Jets. And the top teams in, in the NFC are literally in his division. You have the Eagles and you have the Cowboys. So Daniel Jones, while he was improved last year, when you talk to defensive coordinators and defensive players last year about the Giants, they talked about stopping Saquon not stopping Daniel Jones. So that is what he also has to prove to his teammates, to his coaches, but also the rest of the league that you can put a game on his back and he can carve up defenses with his arms, not just his legs. Yeah, he needs to develop as a passer. I mean, we have the stats up there. I mean, he threw for 3,200 yards this year. I mean, it's a mm. passing league where guys will throw for 5,000 yards. You mentioned the 15 touchdowns. Like the reality is in their nine wins, he threw for 173 yards per game. Wow. Again, this is a passing league. Mm -hmm. He threw for over 230 yards in a game only twice all season, once against the Lions and once against uh, the Vikings in the regular season. So uh, when you look at him in the way the, the league is constructed as a passing league, he is he has not shown the development that other young quarterbacks have shown. Look, if, if you look at Justin Fields year one to year two, you go like, listen, even though he's not a perfect passer, I see the growth. It's mm -hmm. obvious. In some ways, you almost have to be blind not to see it. Like, I don't believe that evidence is there. Now, have they gotten better players around him? Yes, they have. But I think they also need to put more on him in the passing game. I, I just, I think they have to do that. He's a tremendous athlete. The running's not going to go away. Kimberly's right about uh, Saquon and the influence and impact that he had on that offense. If they can keep him... You know, that won't change for a while until he gets older. But Daniel Jones does have to improve as a passer, and I don't know that we've seen enough evidence of it yet. Yeah, and I think the other big thing that Brian Dayball was charged with was finding a way for Daniel Jones to stop turning the football over. And I think he worked on that in not hurting his team and trying to allow every possession to end in a kick. And we saw what he could do with his legs. You saw him 
be able to lead a team against the Minnesota Vikings in the playoffs that wasn't very good defensively, but that next week against the Philadelphia Eagles where there was pressure, where there was coverage on the outside, Daniel Jones didn't even seem to be a competent passer and just getting 15 touchdowns and throwing for 3,200 yards will not be enough this year. You add Darren Waller, you get Jalen Hyatt so you can have a presence downfield. You, you hope to have Saquon Barkley in the backfield. If he doesn't take that next step and allow this passing game to grow, especially playing in the NFC East, it will be apparent that Daniel Jones isn't the guy for this team going forward and they didn't lock themselves into a contract that means he has to be. You know, Tim, last year was a successful season for the Giants, and I would argue in some ways, Daniel Jones, he was rewarded with that big contract. But taking it a step further this year, how do you think success will be defined for Daniel Jones as a player? Well, I think it needs to be more production in the passing game, plain mm -hmm. and simple. I think success would be, look, they, they, they match their win total or improve on it. Um, you know, the division is going to be tough. So I think you need to match your win total and improve on it. And then I think that his passing numbers, when you stack them up to his contemporaries, have to have to be comparable. Mm. It has to look similar. Like I think you need to be throwing around 30 touchdowns. I, I, and, and to Ryan's Clark, you do need to continue to protect the football. Like we can't be in a league where you know guys are throwing 50 touchdowns a year and, and a starting quarterback for the New York Giants is throwing 15 in a season. Straight like, up, you just can't, like, they're, Straight they're, up. You're not, you're, not, you're not competing in the, the same way. You're just not. Yeah, certainly is a different way of winning in the NFL. They got the job done last year, but it does feel like their margin for error was rather thin. I wonder how sustainable it is to continue to play offensive football like that year over year. Hey, coming up, the Raiders played a lot of offense last year, in large part because of Devontae Adams. But does he agree with some of the moves they have made this offseason? We'll dive in to latest remarks from the star receiver. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Top-ranked boxing comes your way Saturday night as undisputed lightweight champ Devin Haney squares off against the former unified champ, Vasily Lomachenko. The main card starts at 10 Eastern on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Well, Will we'll, we'll Levis hasn't been a Titan for even a full month, but the rookie quarterback does have a familiarity with his head coach, Mike Vrabel. That stems from Levis growing up as a Patriots fan. He was born in Massachusetts. He grew up in Connecticut. Take a listen. We used to live up in North Attleboro, Massachusetts, moved till I was seven. So um, 
pretty much since I could, I could walk for those few years. I was going to Patriots training camp every year, watching those Patriots teams, watching Coach Vrabel and them practice, and uh, had a like, little signed football from him, actually. So I told him that story. It's kind of funny. Isn't that nice of me? <laughs> Must have caught me on a good day, Will. That's what I told him. Make me feel old? No. I mean, I guess just having kids that are 22 and 21 and a body that feels like crap probably makes me feel old. Don't worry, Vrab, you look great. Uh, but, Tim, obviously, uh, Will Levis, a much-discussed draft pick. You also happen to live in the Nashville area. So what has to happen for Will Levis to start a game this year for Tennessee? Yeah, I think Ryan Tannehill would either have to be injured or just play so poorly that they, they were forced to make a move. I mean, I think that's really, um, you know, the situation the Titans are in. Look, Ryan Tannehill, you know, was coming off of an injury. I think they uh, obviously signed him to an extension a few years back and, and had high hopes for him to play well. Now, they drafted a quarterback last year in the third round, drafted a quarterback this year in the second round, but it is his job to lose. And so, uh, look, I, I think that Ryan Tannehill has an opportunity to not let it go, um, which by playing well, I think would put the Titans in a really unique spot where they'd be more likely to extend him than cut him. And then I think for Will Levis, you just don't know if you're going to get your opportunity. But listen, I, I think the, the gauntlet of their schedule early in the season is going to say a lot about when or if at all we'll end up seeing Will Levis. Yeah, they're one of those interesting teams. It's hard to pinpoint exactly where they are. I don't think they're a top team in the AFC. I don't think they're necessarily at the bottom of the NFL as well, kind of floating in the middle. Let's go to Las Vegas and in a fascinating ringer pro profile on the ringer, Raiders wide receiver Devontae Adams had a lot to say. He talked about how last year proved that he was not just a wide receiver that was dependent upon the quarterback he was playing with. He had a monster season, but he also had some remarks about the front office and the team's vision. Here's what he said, quote, the front office thinks this is the best bet for us right now to put us in a position to be urgent. We don't see eye to eye on what we think is best for us right now. I'm going to have to buy into this and try to be as optimistic as possible. It's not what I expected to happen, but it's something that's the reality now. All right, so a lot to unpack there. A lot with, to unpack. RC, wow. I'll start there. I mean, uh, this is one of those quotes that, you know, this could generate a lot of conversation and headlines throughout yeah. the next handful of days here during a quiet part of the NFL calendar. What did you make of that quote from Devontae Adams? I think we all have to remember that Devontae Adams chose the Las Vegas Raiders in part because of his friend Derek Carr, who was the quarterback at the time. And that relationship that they both shared going back to college at Fresno State. And when we're being truthful, when he left, many thought that Devontae Adams would be encouraging his team to go out and get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers chose the Jets. That was where Aaron Rodgers wanted to be. So they have now settled with Jimmy Garoppolo. There were some draft picks or there were some guys in the draft that could have been incumbent rookies that had an opportunity to start at quarterback that Devontae Adams may have felt have been more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think you have to ask yourself this question. Do we believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is more talented than Derek Carr? I believe, at least to me, he is not. He doesn't have the arm strength. He doesn't have the mobility, and he doesn't have the availability. And we all already know that he doesn't have the relationship with mm -hmm. Devontae Adams that Derek Carr did. Devontae Adams has accomplished anything and everything you can do individually from the position. What he doesn't have is a championship. And as we continue to talk and as we continue to become closer, I know that winning a championship 
is what's left for him. Winning a championship is what he's playing for. And I don't believe he thinks that Jimmy Garoppolo, and this is not Devontae talking, this is me talking, I don't think he believes that Jimmy Garoppolo gives him the best chance to do that right now. Like, RC, it's like when you say, okay, who all's going to be there, right, before you go to the function and you show up. That means I don't want to go. And, I don't want to go. And and none of the people that you were told were going to be there are there. And mm. now it's a whole bunch of different people. And you're like, why am I here? Like, that, that's what it feels like. And that's why I feel like the quote is so troubling, because this was supposed to work for Devonta. Like, all the pieces were in place, that roster, the QB, the friendship, the money, all that. And now a year later, and it's Jimmy Garoppolo. And now Devontae's not the one saying anything specifically about Jimmy Garoppolo, but we can all read between the lines. The fact that we can't say that Jimmy is a clear upgrade over Derek Carr, if you're Devontae looking at this situation and all you want to do is win, and you see the rest of the division is still there, Patrick Mahomes is still there, the Broncos hopefully are improved, you're looking around like, what are, what are we doing? Are we really trying to win? And he's somebody who says the QB doesn't matter, I'm that dude, but the QB is the one throwing him the ball. Mm-hmm. Kimberly, I get it. Like they told me that Marcus was going to be on NFL Live today. I see Ryan. I'm like, hey, it's what it is. Okay, we'll see how it is. You got to go to work. I guess. I guess I'm just going to go to work. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm, here I am. This is what I'm going to do. Well, look, wow. and I, hey, in all seriousness, I do think what part of what's going to happen, it, it, like the relationship of this, like we heard Devontae talk quite a bit about his relationship with Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers said a lot about, look, uh, like he's the best player I've ever played with. And Ryan documented all the data points about, like, look, why Las Vegas made sense for Devontae. Like, it, like he, that was the landing spot with somebody – he trusted, he wanted to play with, like that matters. And now all of a sudden, you're like, wait a second, I, I'm here with neither of the guys that I wanted yep. to play with. Mm. I think the, the harder part of it is, is this though, and Kimberly's talking about the party. Most of the time, if I ask you who's gonna be there, I'm already planning on yeah. not going. Right. Right. I'm just waiting for you to be like, hey, Tim's <laughs> gonna be here. And I'll be like, ah, I'm cool. I ain't gonna make it. But when you're when you're Devontae Adams and you understand that yes, you can find ways to compile stats, you can find ways to have success with anyone playing the quarterback position. That doesn't mean that that guy's the right quarterback to lead your team. It doesn't mean that that guy's the right guy to have your locker room where you want it to be or to be able to produce in the clutch moments on Sundays and Mondays and Thursday. And when you think about Jimmy Garoppolo throughout his career, the biggest thing about him is he just hasn't been available. Now, we saw Jared Stidham play toward the end of last season, and he found some success, especially with Devontae Adams. But is he the guy that we believe can help them compete against the Patrick Mahomes, compete against the Justin Herberts, and that's just in their division. And if Russell Wilson ever finds old Russell Wilson, him as well in Denver, I just think that Devontae Adams understands that this isn't a team constructed right now to win a championship. And as he is getting older, as he is getting more experienced, he also starts to be aware that his football mortality is becoming more and more of a reality. And as you get older, you become Mm -hmm. more vocal about the frustration because you realize you do not have time to fool around. You need yeah. to, the, the window is closing and Devontae understands that. 
yeah. and the fact that the the Raiders, you don't know where to place them. You have no idea yeah. what this team is going to be with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think well, if his that. window is closing, we need Joe Burrow because <laughs> Joe Burrow window ain't never closed. Never closes, RC. <laughs> but I don't think it should be. It's lost. always open. It's always open. I don't think it should be lost in this conversation that last year when the Raiders traded the first, second round pick for Devontae Adams, they also signed Chandler Jones to big money in free yeah. agency. They committed an extension to both Derek Carr and Max Crosby. A spending spree to go all in last year was followed by an offseason this year in which the front office talked about how it was a transition phase and how we need to kind of yeah. restock the youth pipeline here in right. Las Vegas. It's a very different message in the span of just one year. And if you're a guy mm -hmm. at Devontae's age with his stature, you're probably not thrilled about the idea of taking a step backwards to eventually take a step forwards, especially when you look around the division and you see Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. What guarantee is there to ever move forward mm -hmm. in that division over the next few years? A lot to unpack. I'm sure we'll talk about it a whole lot more. Devontae Adams, a great profile, by the way, to read on The Ringer right now. Hey, coming up here on NFL Live, as rookies adjust to life in the NFL, the number one overall pick is be finding his way already in Carolina. You know, I'm seeing how things operate, learning so much from the coaches. Um, so, you know, for me, I want to do everything that they ask of me. And, you know, um, really, I, I want to focus on my, I want my signature to be, be executing the play, whatever the coaches call. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Mel Kuyper Jr., time to update your 2041 NFL mock draft because here is the daughter of longtime NFL running back, currently a free agent, Mark Ingram. She's six years old, playing against boys who are eight and younger. And how about the moves, RC? Looking like a Barry Sanders out there. First off, she, they ran the annexation of Puerto Rico. She had a cutback, and when she cut field and reversed it, we saw her hit the Jets. The only thing I would say is Mark Ingram, as a father, we have to get your daughter better ball security. Mm. We cannot <laughs> fumble the bag. Yeah. We have a future star. If we have ball security, the sky's the limit right here. Yeah, ball security <laughs> is job security. None of that, uh, Bryce, none of that uh, bread loaf, right? That's well done right there by uh, Mark Ingram's daughter. She has a very, very bright future. The Panthers conducted their rookie minicamp this past weekend, meaning the first work for first overall pick Bryce Young. Take a listen to Young speaking to reporters about the week. I'm embracing the system, learning it, and you know, I, I think what, what's the signature for me is, is whatever the you know whatever the coaches draw. It's that learning process of feeling out how routes are, are supposed to be, how, how you know how things are supposed to be read, and you know I'm watching film, seeing how things operate, learning so much from the coaches. Um, so you know, for me, I want to do everything that they ask of me, and you know, um, really, I, I want to focus on my I want my signature to be be executing the play, whatever the coaches call. Bryce will get a lot of reps, you know, as as we've said, you know, hey, when when he's ready, when it's best for the team. You know, that, that's, you know, when we'll look to make a transition. But right now, you know, when we come back out Monday, Andy will be taking reps with the ones. Bryce will be with the twos. But Bryce is going to get a lot of reps, likely even get a few more than, than Andy, you know, just as, as, the, as the new guy. So we'll focus on getting Bryce uh, as the younger player 
you know, focusing on getting him as many reps as we can. All right, RC, so for now, Andy Dalton will run with the ones, although Bryce Young will get plenty of reps, as Frank Reich just said. Mm -hmm. Do you think we should see Bryce Young in week one? Heck yeah. If we don't see Bryce Young in week one, then I think it's an organizational failure. I believe that everything should point to Bryce Young being the starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers when this year opens. Now, I think you have to make him earn that. He should start with the twos. He should have to learn from the veteran and Andy Dalton. But if Bryce Young is everything that I believe him to be, especially from watching him at two years at Alabama, I believe he can pick up everything mentally. And I also believe that he can make all the throws that would be required of him to run this offense, especially early on in the season, when you can add what he could do with his legs and creating second play opportunities. Now, let me just decode this a little bit, too. Hey, he's going to go with the twos, but just so we're clear, he's going to get more reps than the guys <laughs> that he's going with the ones. Like, Frank is basically saying, hey, RC, I agree with you, man. Like, we drafted him first overall because he's a heck of a football player. He's played a lot of football. He's smart. We think he's ready, and we're going to get him ready. So even though we're going to make him earn the job and he's going to start with the twos and, and all of that. Quotation he's getting marks. more reps than the starter. Uh, I mean, let's be real. So, okay. And I think that's the right thing. Like I, I've, I've, I've kind of banged the drum for a while now. It's easier to get better as a quarterback playing the position than watching somebody else play it. That's just the reality of it, which is why you give a guy more reps in practice and which is why you play him as soon as you can play him. And I think he's got a good support system around him of guys that know what he's comfortable with and when he's ready to play. And that's why I think we'll see him at the start of the season. So I don't think that just because you are a first round quarterback that you should start, right? Mm. That's my personal belief because I think it's, it's, it's specific to the particular player. But when you talk to people in the pre-draft process about Bryce Young, the word that always came up was magic. That should not be on the bench. He's different. <clears throat> He's special. Despite the size, and we talk so much about his height and all that and his weight and all, the kid is different. And that's why I think in this situation with this staff, we said with C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, whoever goes to Carolina, that quarterback will be in the best position of any of the young quarterbacks. Bryce is in a perfect spot to learn from Josh McCown, Frank Wright, Thomas Brown, all that. It makes too much sense. By the way, it's bench. becoming kind of a time-honored tradition. Andy Dalton is the team's starter in May, <laughs> and then by the time the season actually begins, the yeah. younger quarterback actually steps up as the starting quarterback. we got time for one more thing before be we one. say goodbye, and Josh Allen took BP at the Blue, Ga Blue Jays game yesterday. He hit four home runs, and he was outdone by... His backup, Matt Barkley, who <laughs> drilled five. Tim, you ever have any more? Uh, you have you have more home runs back in the day than Eli Manning. Well, do we know if Matt Barkley got more reps in the batting cage than Josh Allen? It's a good do point, we, Tim. Like, it's a good point. We'll find out tomorrow. I mean, do we know? That's Live. important. Watch the NBA draft you go second, tonight, but you get more reps. <laughs> what if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply.